Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. You know, it's exciting and uh, today, as I said, it's, it's going to be Vision Sunday and today I just thought I'd take the opportunity right at the start of this decade, right at the start of this new year, just to share the things that God has placed on my heart for our church as we move forward because you know I, I believe with all my heart that God's gonna do something great in this place that God's got a plan and a future for this church and it's gonna be an incredible future I believe that with all of my heart and I believe even this year that God's gonna do something incredible that would start that that would bring about his purpose and his will in this place and so as I said I'm gonna be sharing about some things that God has laid on my heart for us as a church as we head into this new year and as we head into the new decade and if you've got a Bible this morning, can you please turn to Matthew chapter 16? Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to read verse 18 together. I'm going to read it from two, two translations. It will be up on the screen behind me. Read it from two translations. I'm sure we're all very familiar with this, uh, this passage here. And uh, it's Jesus and he's speaking to Peter. Matthew 16 and verse 18. And this is what it says. In the New Living Translation, it says this. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I love what it says in the, in the message translation. It says this in, in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 16. It says this. It says that Jesus came back and said, God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers. My Father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you are, really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. I love that translation of it. So expansive with energy. You know, to me, that sounds like a church that is alive, that is full of the presence of God, that is full of the life of God, a people who are on fire for God. And Jesus is say, says here that not even the gates of hell will be able to stop what I'm going to do in and through my church, in and through my people. And I believe that. I believe that with all of my heart. You know, over the last couple of weeks, I've just been, uh, obviously, as you, you know, you, you look as you get ready for the new year, you also reflect back. I don't know if anybody looks back at some of the things that have happened over this last decade. <coughs> if you're on social media, people have been putting up the, the best 10 photos of the decade or nine photos of the decade. And they show the different stages and some of the great moments in the, in the past decade gone by. Now, I didn't do that personally because I couldn't find any photos, but uh, I've seen a lot of people do it, but I was inspired by it. And uh, one, I was just looking through some of my social media and some of the older posts, and one post caught my eye. <coughs> and it was the, the day that Chloe and I bought our house. We bought our first house, and I can't believe it that this year is going to be three years since we bought our house. Our time goes incredibly quickly. And I remember that feeling, even just looking at that photo, how excited I was. We had bought our first home. And, you know, we had a vision for our home. We had a dream for our home. You know, we had, we had an idea. We had a picture. We'd spoke about it. We'd, we talked together. We looked online and all these different things. We had come up with a vision of what we wanted our home to look like. We had a vision for our home. However, what we were facing when we entered that door was totally different to what we had in our hearts and in our minds. 
in truth, what we faced was actually quite a mess. The walls weren't falling down. It wasn't that bad, but it was pretty, it was pretty bad. And uh, not as bad as it can be today, I suppose. But <laughs> it, was, uh, it, it was pretty bad when we first walked into the house. The, the house was worn. It was tired. The house is about 30 years old. And uh, we bought it actually from the lady who was opposite, lives opposite us now. And uh, she had rented this house out for a while. And it taken a beat, a beat in. She's a Christian and she had rented it out to missionaries, but, but it was neglected, it was worn, it was tired. You know, paint was coming off the walls there. The patio doors, uh, they didn't lock properly, so she had decided instead of investing in a lock for the patio doors, that she just put a broom up against the handle to stop anybody from breaking in. Not that there was anything to break in and take anyway, you know, it wasn't worth anything. But there was a handle there, so if you had gone around to our house about three years ago, you could have gone in and taken whatever you wanted. Uh, there was a, yeah, that was, the door was broken, the carpets were filthy, uh, the garden was completely overgrown. Remember that, Dad? Full of weeds. Yeah, he remembers because he dug it out and put a new one in. <laughs> but to top it all off, we had a pink bathroom upstairs. Anybody else had a pink bathroom? And I mean completely pink. It wasn't just the walls that were pink. The whole suite was pink. It was absolutely incredible. Unfortunately, we've sold it. So if you were interested in that, sorry, we haven't got it anymore. I know it, was, it might come back into fashion in a few years' time, but... But it was gone. But it, the house was worn. It was tired. You know, the kitchen, it looked like something from the 1940s. And, and not in a good way either. I don't think it had been cleaned since 1940. <laughs> and especially behind it as well. You know, it, it, was, it was filthy. The, worn, uh, the house was worn. It was tired. You know, I'm sure 20 years ago when this house was first built and first put together, I'm sure it was, in, it was lovely. You know, the people who first bought it, I believe actually they came to this church, the ones who, who, who bought it, Ron and Tina, I believe their names were, I, I don't know if some of you might know them, but we bought it off them, and uh, we didn't buy it off them, sorry, but uh, you know, it, 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 we love this house, but, but it, didn't look like, it didn't look like it had changed since the time that they had bought it, and you know, I'm sure it was perfect, it was great when they first had it, and it was ready to move into, you know, it was the latest fashion, pink bathrooms must have been the latest fashion. I remember us having that in our house as well. had a pink bathroom at so it must have been all the rage. But you know, when Chloe and I bought it, the house, it didn't fit the vision that we had for it. It needed a complete renovation. But what we quickly discovered was that neither of us were cut out for anything like this. You know, if any of you watch, anybody watch Homes Under the Hammer or any of the house renovation shows, it looks amazing, doesn't it? It looks exciting. You know, I've I got it in my mind. Yeah, I'd love to buy a house and do up a house and all that. After actually buying a house and, and renovating it, I don't think I'd ever do it again. It was, uh, was a horrible process because neither of us were cut out for it. You know, I'm not a, a, in the trade industry. You know, I'm not a builder or anything like that. Neither is Chloe. You know, so we weren't cut out for it. And, and the job ahead of us, it was a big job. Uh, what we soon discovered was it wasn't going to be a quick fix either. You know, it's incredible, isn't it? When you watch some of these shows, they turn these houses over in a matter of like six weeks and, you know, they go from being no walls and no roof and this, you know, the nicest house you'll ever imagine. Like, you know, it's, it's incredible. But what we discovered was this house wasn't going to be a quick fix because there was so much that needed to be done on the inside. How many of you here are grateful for parents and family? I know I am. <laughs> we didn't have the skill set, but I thank God that God has given us family members who were absolutely incredible. You know, my parents, they, they helped us. They were there most weekends painting, ripping up carpets, 
digging up my garden, Dad. Thanks for that. <laughs> he put down seeds, planted a new garden. He put in the electrics. You know, Chloe's dad, he built a fence for us. He put in our fireplace, you know. I thank God we had family members who came and helped to renovate our house. And if you need anybody to do the electrics, ask my dad. If you need anybody to build a fence, look to my father-in-law. Fantastic. They're excellent. <laughs> but, you know, we also needed to have some professionals in as well. Some people who were actually in the sort of trade industry. We needed plastering done. We needed a new kitchen. We needed a new bathroom, a new bathrooms. You know, it was a huge job. And we realized even from the outset, we can't do this on our own. We don't have the skill set to do this on our own, especially if we want to see our vision come to pass. We can't do this on our own. But, you know, I thank God that, you know, for, my fam- for our family and, you know, for, for all the work that they put into our house. And, you know, we're enjoying the fruit of our house now. You know, we love our house. I love my, my home. You know, I, I thank God for my home. You know, it's, we do believe it was God given to us. You know, it's, the name of our house is Kingsway, and we believe that. We've, we've given it to God and say, God, you know, it's your way. This is your house. We, we believe for that, and we pray him for that. And I love my home. After all that work, you know, we, we've seen our vision come to pass, and now we can rest in it, we can enjoy it, and we thank God for it. Did you know that God is building a home as well? Did you know that? God is in the process of building a home. I know this home isn't just for God himself. It isn't exclusively just for him. But it is for you and for me. This home actually is for the whosoever. Whosoever would come. God is building a home for the whosoever. A home whose head and chief is God himself. He is the master builder. He is the one who is building his home. As we've just read even here, Jesus said... I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God is building a home, a place where God will, a place where God will dwell with his people, with the whosoever will come and surrender their lives and put their faith and trust in him. God is building a home for each and every one of us. And you know, this home isn't a weak home. It's a home that is built on a strong foundation. And the Bible tells us this home is built on the foundation and the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ himself. This home is built on Jesus Christ. And you know, the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, is the one who binds it all together, who brings it all together. Not only is he the head of his home, but he's also the one who brings it all together, who who holds it all in place. And I love how the message puts this and describes the home that God is building. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, to 22 it'll, it'll be up on the screen behind me but Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 to 22 and Paul is actually speaking to the church in Ephesus and he's talking about this church but he's he's referring to the Gentiles and the Jews and he's saying that no longer do you have to worship separately but God is building a place where you can both come together and worship him Because of what Jesus has done, because of the new covenant, he made a way possible that not only the Jews can put their trust in the Savior and belong to God, but that whoever, the Gentiles as well, those who are not Jewish, can put their trust in God, and we can all come together and worship our God together. And this is what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22. It says this. He says this to the church in Ephesus. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. 
Listen to this. God is building a home. He's using us all. Irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you. Fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it a temple in which God is quite a home. I absolutely love that passage of scripture and I love how the message puts it. God is building a home. We're all a part of it, irrespective of where we've come from, irrespective of our backgrounds. If we put our faith in Jesus, then God is building us into his home. Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus is the foundation. He is the head, but he is using us brick by brick. We've got a part to play in the home that God is building. God is in the process of building his church. You know, it began on the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit was outpoured amongst the disciples in Acts chapter 2, we see it, that God poured out His Spirit amongst the disciples who were in that upper room. And that day, the church was birthed. 3,000 people were then added to that gathering of, of followers, the apostles, the disciples. 3,000 people were added to that. And from that day on, God kept adding and adding more and more people into the work that He was doing and making Jesus known. In inviting people to become a part of his home. You know, from generation to generation, he's been building it. And he's been building it by his spirit, drawing people through his gospel that is being preached. People finding Jesus, he's drawing people and he's building his church. Did you know that God is still building his church even today? God is building his church globally, and it's easy for us to see that, isn't it? Where we see God doing incredible things in other countries. We can see God is working today, and he's building his church right across the world. But he's also building this church. And I believe that with all my heart. God has not given up. God has not forgotten about this place. We're not just a, a little place in the middle of nowhere where nobody knows about. God is building this church. God is in the process of building this church. He's still in the process of doing it. And what's even more incredible is not only is he building this church, but that he's using you and me. That you and I get to be a part of the home that he is building, the place that he is building, the church, the family of God, the people of God that he is building. God is using you and me in his building process. We are a part of his eternal program. You know, if you think that you're a part of this church by chance or because your family grew up in this church, then you're wrong. Because God planned for you to be here. God meant for you to be here. Every single one of you. You were part of God's eternal plan in being in this church. I know I believe with all my heart that you were not meant to be here just to, to fill in a seat on a Sunday. That God's got a purpose for you in being here. To outwork his will and his plan in this place and in this community and in those who he's put you in the family that he's placed you in and, and in the work environment that he has placed you in. God is using you and I as part of his eternal program. You know, for us as a church, it began over a hundred years ago with a miraculous start. Where God, you know, kicked out people for, of wow, for speaking in, in the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, generations went by. God was doing something incredible. They, you know, they bought this place in 1917. They came together, you know, and, and this church grew. And for generation from generation, God's 
gospel has been preached. People have found Jesus. People have come to know him as Lord and Savior. You know, as time went on, God spoke a promise into this church. He's given this church a promise. And I'm going to read it from Haggai chapter 2, verse 9, from the message translation. And this is the promise he spoke to this church. He said, this temple is going to end up far better than it started out. A glorious beginning, but an even more glorious finish. A place in which I will hand out wholeness and holiness. Decree of God of the angel armies. God spoke a promise to this church that, you know, our church has an incredible heritage. This church started in an incredible way. God has done incredible things in the past. And even some of you here this morning will remember all that God has done in this church. But God said that I've got an even more glorious finish. Started out great, but it's going to be even better in the future. And you know, that's why I've been praying. You know, that's, that's the reason I've been praying for that. That God, that this place would be filled with dreams for the future. And not just memories of the past. I think so often some of us can just dwell on all that God has done in the past. And forget that actually God's got a future for this place. We can get so caught up. Oh, do you remember how this was? Do you remember so-and-so, so-and-so? Do you remember how we used to do that? And, you know, I'm not by any way, you know, knocking that. We thank God for that. We honor God for that. We honor all that he has done in the past. But I pray that that would be encouragement for us to look ahead and say, God, if you did that then, then I believe you're going to do something even more greater in the future. You know, that this place at one time was packed out out with 300 people or so. You know, God moving, salvation. I believe for that again, and even greater than that. Because God has spoken it into the life of this church. And you know, I want to declare on this vision Sunday that God isn't done with this house yet. I'm going to speak that into this church, and I believe that. I believe it is a prophetic word from God that this God is not finished with this church yet. That it is a future for this church. It is a glorious future for this church. And we thank God for the past. But as a church, let's move forward into all that God has for us. Yes, we thank him for all he's done. But let's move forward into all that he has. And if you don't believe that that is God's plan, then even a few months ago, God spoke into this very church and said that this is just the start of all that he is going to do. Even at the end of last year, God, I believe, wanted to remind us Gateway Church is still a future for you. There's a great future for you. Not just any old future where you're just struggling to get by and it's the same old, same old. There's a glorious future ahead of you. I believe that with all of my heart. And with all that being said, the word and the vision that God has given me as we move forward is this word. It is time to build for the future. As a church, it is time that we build for the future. You know, it's going to take hard work. It's going to take time for this to happen. Just like with Nehemiah, when they had to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. You know, I'm not saying that we're in a desperate state where everything is broken and, you know, we, and all this. I'm not saying that. But, you know, just like with Nehemiah, there was a call to rebuild the walls into their former glory and for a new generation to enjoy the city of Jerusalem. I believe that God is calling you and I to build for the future. To build and move forward for all that God has for you and I, but also for the generations to come. You know, as we build, as I said, it's going to take time. It's going to take hard work. Nehemiah, you know, and the people of God, they encountered difficulties. They encountered struggles. They encountered opposition as they were called to rebuild the walls. And you and I will as well. You know, if we think that God is going to speak into our lives and that 
the, you know, the enemy is going to allow this church to grow and for this church to be packed out and, and for there to be salvation and for this church to have a future, then we can think again because the enemy won't allow it. But we thank God that if God is for us, who can be against us? That Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That no, no demon in hell, Satan himself, will not be able to stop what God is going to do in his church and in this place. And I believe that with all of my heart. And we've got to press on as a church and move forward as a church into all that God has for us. You know, as I said, you know, I, I long to see God do something incredible in this place. And I don't want to just, us as a church, to get caught up in all that he did and forget all that he's going to do. As a people, let's move forward into all that God has for us. Let's press on and let's hold on to the promise that God has given us. Let's pray into, the, in, in, into being the promise that God has given us. Let's move forward with the vision that God has given for us as a church so that we might see Jesus glorified, that we might see people come to know Jesus. Does anybody here want to see new people find Jesus? I do. Anybody want to see your loved ones find Jesus? I do, because God has promised it. We've got a future. We've got a nation to reach. We've got a community to reach. We've got homes to reach. God is building a church. God is not done with this church. He's using you and I. And God's got a future for this church. And it's time to build for the future. You know, the Lord began to speak to me about this in particular. At the AOG conference in October, it was in Wales. The AOG conference in Wales, the regional conference. And... It was up in Newtown, and uh, my father and I went up to the day, and uh, it was a fantastic day. And the new national leader, Glenn Barrett, was there, and he was there with his team sharing the vision that, that they had for AOG going forward, for Assemblies of God going forward. And it was exciting to hear the plans and that the God had laid on their hearts for all that was going to unfold for Assemblies of God in the, in the year and the years to come. And, uh, you know, it, it was incredible. Glenn Barrett spoke, and it, it was great, and it was encouraging. But God really spoke to me in the second session, and uh, God really challenged me. And it wasn't Glenn Barrett who was speaking. In the second session, they had the new national leadership team uh, get up and share about their new roles and about their heart for, for what they longed to see God do in the roles that they had been assigned to. And uh, one of the guys who got up, in our second session was a was a man named Simon Jarvis and he's got quite a large church in England and he's been uh, given the responsibility of being the new leadership development director for Assemblies of God his job is to raise up leaders and to develop leaders that's what he's been called to do that's his role within Assemblies of God and he began his session by simply asking these questions and this when I hear these questions, I don't know if it, if it was the same for you, Dad, but when I hear these questions, it was almost like, you know when God's just, you know God just say, speaking directly to you, and it was a challenge right to my very spirit, and he said these questions, he asked these questions, he said, who's going to be leading your church in 2030? Who's going to be leading your children's ministries in 2030? Who's going to be leading the youth ministry in 2030? Who's going to be leading the worship and the worship team and being on the worship team in 2030? Who's going to be a part of these ministries? You know, when he said that, it was like, yeah, God, we've got to start building for the future. Who is it? As we stand here at the start of this new decade, who's actually going to be leading this church in 2030? Am I going to be here? I don't know. Only the Lord knows that. His days, you know, his days are being planned. You know, God knows exactly what's going to happen. I don't know. 
if I'm going to still be here. I don't know. We don't know, do we? We don't even know what tomorrow holds. We don't even know what this afternoon will hold. Who's going to be leading this church though in 2030? Have a think about who's going to be leading our children's ministries. You know, I'm going to, I, I want to put these same questions back to us. Who's it going to be? Will these ministries even exist in 2030? Will this church still be here in 2030? I'm praying that Jesus will come again. You know, by then I do pray that. But will this still be here? What if he doesn't come then? Who's it going to be? Who's going to be taking on these ministries? Are they going to look exactly the same as they have done for 20 or 30 years? Are we going to keep doing the same old thing, same old thing, expecting different results? Who's it going to be? What's it going to look like? You know, and I, when I heard that, it spoke. I really sense God challenged me and convicted me with that. And God laid the, this very word on my heart. Luke, it's time to build for the future. Gateway Church, it's time to build for the future. It is our responsibility. God has placed you and I here to build this church with him. We are not the chief of this. We're not the head of this. Jesus is the head of this church. It is his vision. It is his will that will unfold in this place. But God wants to use you and I. And he's placed you and I here. And if we aren't building this, if we aren't in investing into this and into the next generation, into those coming behind us, and, and even investing into reaching out, then it's never going to happen because it's not going to happen by chance. It's not going to happen by coincidence. You know, it's not, nobody's just going to step into it in 2030 and, you know, it's not just going to happen by chance. I really believe and I really feel that God is laying this on my heart that not just for me as a pastor, but you and I collectively as a church, it is time to build for the future. It's time to start building for the church, uh, for the future. It's the responsibility of every single one of us. I know for de generations, from decades and decades gone by, and generation from generation, you know, even in the old times, people would always look to the pastor and say, Pastor, it's your job. You've got to do this. You run that. But you know, when I read the Bible, I discover that God's called every single one of us who belongs to him to build his church and be a part of it. It doesn't matter whether you're a pastor, whether you're a ministry leader or whatever. Yes, we have different responsibilities. Yes, God has called us to do different things and our role will work out differently and what he's called us to do and gifted us to do will, will be different. But nonetheless, God has called you and I to raise this church, to build this church. And you know, just as, you know, just as, I, as I said, even with me and Chloe, when, when we started building our house, we didn't have the skill set. We didn't have the know-how how to do this. You know, you and I don't have the know-how or the skill set to, to build this church. We don't have the, the power to build this church in our own strength. We don't. None of us have that, that power or that ability. We don't have what it takes. But we belong to the one who does. We belong to the one who does have all that we need. And he wants to give us everything that we need to see this place reach out and expand and grow. You know, when I see the New Testament church, you know, I see a church that is being used by God a church that is filled with the Holy Spirit and God is using it's not the church just sitting by and saying God will you come and do it all for us I see God a people who are opening up their lives to God saying God use me God use me to build your to, to reach out to share your good news to be a part in, in of what you're building use me God and like I said you and I don't have what it takes but God has all that we need what we need is his presence Above all else, we need his presence. God, if you are not with us, then we don't want to go there. If you're not in it, we don't want it. 
But God, we want your presence. We need his presence. We need his direction. It's not Luke Morgan's direction. It's God's direction. We need his word. His word which brings life. His word which proclaims who he is. His word which brings direction. You know, as it says in Psalm 119, your word is a light, for, a lamp to my feet, a light unto my path. We need his word. Something else we need as well. We need his Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of God. He is the one who's going to lead us. He is the one who's going to guide us. We need his Spirit. And also there's something else. One final thing that we need. If we're going to build for the future, we need each other. We need each other. We need to be united together. We need to stand for each other. We need to pray for each other. We need to support each other. We need to back each other. We need to encourage each other. We need each other. God has placed us, and you know, as it says, we've been adopted into the family of God. The church isn't just a one-man band. God has placed us amongst the family of believers who are there to strengthen each other, who are there to help us, to strengthen us, to encourage us, to be there when we need them. When we're there, when we're low, God has adopted us into our family. We're not on our own. We've got each other. But most importantly, we need God. Together, we need God with us and for us and helping us we need him on our side god i believe is with us as we build for the future god is with us you know as we look to build for the future we need to remember it's his church we need to remember it is his plan and it is his will that we long to see unfold if you think that this is my plan that i long to see unfold then you're wrong i just long to see god's will be done in this place i really do his ways are the best ways I long to see his will unfold in this place. And you know, it's in the power of his Holy Spirit that we're going to see this happen. It's in his, the power of his Spirit. So as we come to a conclusion this morning, you might be wondering, Pastor Luke, that's great. We've got to build for the future. and we Are excited? We've got to move forward as a church. We're going to build for the future. But how exactly are we going to do that? How are we going to start? Where do we start in that? And there's two areas that God has laid on my heart specifically that we need to build up. And we need to focus on as we as we go forward and as we build for the future. And these are the two areas. And they are, number one, building people. I really believe we need to build each other up in the most holy faith, as Jude says. We need to strengthen each other in the things of God. We're going to build people. We want to see, you know, I don't want to just see this church be the latest modern church, you know, with all the lights and all the things. You know, some of that stuff, you know, if you want it, great. If not, whatever. But... My prayer for the church going forward is that we'd be a spiritually strong church. That we'd be a church not only just strong and, you know, have a great knowledge of the word, but we'd be a church that bears fruit, much fruit for the glory and honor of our God. We long to see disciples. I long to see every single person here strong in faith. And not just strong, but on fire for God. That's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm believing for. And even for my own life, God, that's, you know, it's God speaks to me first. I want to be on fire for God. I want to be strong in God. I want to go deep in God. I want to keep growing in God. And that's my prayer for each and every one of us, that we would be strong, mature believers, not just age-wise, but spiritual-wise. And the second area is building ministries. My prayer and my heart is to see ministries that would be so fruitful, ministries that would flourish, where there would be salvation, there would be life, there would be growth, there would be the presence of God. We long to see ministries that would bring glory and honor to God's name. I don't want, you know, my prayer in my heart is not just to see clubs run during the week. I long to see fruitful ministries that are flourishing, that are filled with the presence of God. And you know, we're going to look at that tonight, exactly how we're going to do that tonight. So 
that's an invitation for you. Come along this evening. Don't miss out on this Vision Sunday to hear how exactly we're going to start building for the future. But as we come to a conclusion today, I want to finish by reading this. And it's in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17 to 18. And this is Nehemiah speaking to the people of God. And he says this. Then I said to them, you see the distress that we're in. How Jerusalem lies in waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God which has been good upon me and also the king's words that have been spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. And then they set their hands to this good work. You know, Martin Luther King Jr., he once said this. He said, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. And I believe as a church, we've got to move forward. Let's move forward as a church. Let's not be afraid of the future because we know the one who holds the future. Let's be excited. Let's get ready, full of faith. And in the power of God, and for the glory of God, let's rise together and start building for the future. Amen. Shall we pray? Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.